welcome back. This is Puckin' Around with Pave on KCOU.FM. A beautiful Sunday morning here in Columbia, Missouri. A little different from last week's show, which was a Saturday morning show. Don't worry, though. We will go back to our normal time with some scheduling complications. Had to push my show back to today at 9 a.m. Different time. Same show. Same host. My name is Garrett Pave. So glad to be back with you guys this week on Puckin' Around with Pave. Like I said, 9 a.m. here in Columbia, Missouri. A brisk, chilly morning here in the good old Midwest. Currently three degrees outside. We got about two inches of snow last night. Perfect hockey weather, if you ask me. Again, so excited to be back with you guys. This is Puckin' Around with Pave on KCOU.FM, the third episode of Puckin' Around with Pave. And let's jump right in. But I want to start with something different. I want to give a quick shout-out to my friends over at Nashville Predators. If you don't know, I'm a lifelong Nashville Predators fan, right? I've grown up going to Predators games. I've been, like I said, I've been going to games for years. I've met players. I've met coaches. I've just been the biggest fan you could, you could see, really. So, for Christmas, my parents decided to go out, and there's something called the Smashville at Home Membership Box. And what it is, Nashville's doing it this year because of the whole COVID-19 pandemic, they're trying to reach out to their fans, right? Give back to their fans who can't be in the arena this year. So what you do is each season, fall, winter, spring, and summer, they have a box. And in that box is different items specifically for that type of season. So I just received my winter box in the mail. For example, I got a brand new mug. I got a brand new beanie. I got hot chocolate mix and a plethora of other items. It was phenomenal. It is something that you should go check out. So, hey, if you want to order one for summer, you can order one for summer. If you want to order one for all four seasons, you can do that too. So a huge, huge shout-out to the National Predators for the Smash Fill at Home membership box. I absolutely love mine. I've already been using my stuff in my box. It is a great investment, trust me. And if you're a big National Predators fan, go out and buy you one. It is totally worth your money. I will be getting one each season I'm going to update you guys on how this stuff goes and what's in there. But again, thank you, National Predators. A big shout-out to you guys. Love my box. Going to keep loving them as they come in. Thank you guys for all you've done this season in a weird year, giving back to your fans. But now, let's jump into the action. A really busy, interesting week of hockey. As we know, the season continuing to ramp up, get underway. We've done a really good job in the NHL so far with postponements. There have only been a few throughout the week which is better than most anticipated. Most games have been on. Most games have been played, which is really a step up from what we thought was going to be the case this year in such a weird environment. As you guys know, the division realignments this year, you have the all-Canadian division. You have the central division looks completely different with the Panthers and Tampa Bay joining in on the action. The West, St. Louis joining the Western division this year. It's just really, really weird. But again, give a lot of credit. Gary Bettman's done a really good job getting the league where it needs to be. And the NHL has thrived because of him and because of the way they've handled this situation. So, let's let's jump right in. We're going to talk about some games that were noticeable this week. The first game has to be the National Predators taking on the Florida Panthers. This was February 4th, my brother's birthday. A giant scoring affair here. A 6-5 overtime victory for the Nashville Predators. This was a game to remember. I'm not going to lie. 
I was watching this one in my dorm room, and it was back and forth the entire time. Just when you thought somebody was going to pull away. Oh, no. Not by any means. This game stayed close the whole time. Like I said, went to overtime. It was a 6-5 to Nashville Predators victory, a much-needed victory for the Predators. The goals in this game, the first one was Jonathan Huberdeau for the Panthers, followed by Philip Forsberg in the first. Huberdeau again in the first, along with Callie Yarncroke. There were four goals scored in the first period. In the second period, Aaron Eckblad got the scoring going first for the Panthers, took a 3-2 lead, followed by a Matt Duchesne goal, which tied the game at three. All of a sudden, late in that third, that second period, Alexander Barkoff and Jonathan Huberdeau. Huberdeau, a big hat trick for him. He has been fantastic this year. One of the elite players in the NHL this season has done a great job providing for this Florida Panthers team that I'll talk about them more, still have not lost in regulation yet. So a phenomenal season going for the Florida Panthers, a special season as they've got the pieces they need to continue to win. But after those two goals, Roman Yossi and Matt Duchesne tied the game up in the third period. And old Philip Forsberg, the game-winning goal in overtime, his sixth of the season to give the Nashville Predators a 6-5 to victory. This is a Nashville team that I've talked about a lot, and they've struggled this year, right? They're 5-5 five and five after this game. They're 5-6 and six overall right now. This is a team that is still really trying to find their identity. They're struggling to score. They're 28th in the league right now in goals per game at 2.38. That's not good enough right now. And John Hines knows that. And it's the total opposite for the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers look almost unstoppable. They have two losses, both of them coming in overtime. The Panthers are proving they have the team they need to win right now, which is something Nashville does not have. I think Nashville's getting there, but they're not there yet. Again, I think their defensive core is the reason they're staying in games. This whole six-goal-per-game thing is not something you're going to see a lot from Nashville Predators. You're not. They pride themselves on defense, goaltending. They don't pride themselves on scoring five, six goals a game. I think this was a rare entity right here of them scoring six goals that's why I had to talk about this game really an unbelievable hockey game despite the score six to five this game was just so action-packed back and forth the entire time like I said you thought somebody was going to pull away and all of a sudden here come the Predators so really a phenomenal game a big six to five victory for the National Predators again a much much needed victory UC Soros had the start in net actually yeah, UC Saros had the start, and now he stopped 17 of 19 of 24 shots. Pecorine came in for the saving time, 12 saves on 12 shots, gave pitched a shutout there. And for the Florida Panthers, Sergei Bobrovsky stopped 35 of 41 shots. Bobrovsky struggled this year so far. They're really trying to get him going. He was an elite goaltender with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and since coming over to the Panthers, has struggled to fit into their system. I think they're still looking to really get some elite play out of him. They have not gotten that elite play they've wanted, but I think as the season continues, he will continue to settle in and find that groove. So there we go. 6-5. to five. The National Predators defeat the Florida Panthers in overtime. The other game I want to talk about out of the Central Division, Tuesday, February 2nd, the Dallas Stars, a 6-3 to three victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. A phenomenal game for the Dallas Stars. A team to watch for. They're young and they're talented. They're, they, they play fast to the puck, right? They play really well defensively. Miro Heiskanen, one of the best young defensemen in the entire league, along with, I think, Kale McCarr, two great, great young players. 
Dallas Stars, again, a 6-3 victory that the goal scored for the Stars. Joe Pavelski in the first period, followed by Pavelski again in the second period. Jamie Benn and Dennis Gurinoff had one in the second period as well, along with Radik Foxa. And in the third period, Alexander Radulov tallied another goal in that game. And for the Blue Jackets, Seth Jones, his first of the season, along with Mikhail Grigorenko and Dean Kukin. So again, a 6-3 victory for the Dallas Stars. A Dallas team, once again, still trying to find themselves. And it's a big win, a really good way to find yourselves there. Get back on track. 5-1-1 one, one after that game. And the Blue Jackets, a lot of turmoil as of recently. As we know, trading away Pierre-Luc Dubois for Patrick Laine, a blockbuster trade with the Winnipeg Jets. And a lot of people have questioned Patrick Laine's willingness to be in Columbus. They have. We see him in the first couple games. He's kind of been slow around the puck. He doesn't look normal. He's not skating fast. He's not getting the shots he's used to getting. So a lot of people are wondering, is Laine the answer in Columbus or are they going to deal him off again at the end of the season? Patrick Laine really has done nothing since being in Columbus. It's the same thing with Luke Dubois. Those two guys have not performed the way the two teams have wished they could have so far this year. I think they'll continue to get better as the season goes on. But right now, the Blue Jackets just taking a beating so far. 4-4-3 and three after that game. This is a team, I mentioned this last week, this is a team that a couple years ago beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-0 in the playoffs, the first round. This was a Lightning team that won the President's Trophy. Many were considering them to be one of the best teams of all time, and they got swept by this Columbus Blue Jackets team. This is not the same team. John Tortorella is trying to find his team. He's digging deep. What makes my team go? And right now, there's not much. So right now, Dallas still trying to find themselves, and they got to get going quickly because this is a stacked Central Division. You look at teams like Tampa Bay and Florida and Dallas. If you're not up there playing to the best of your ability each and every game, you will not make the playoffs. This is a very, very tough division. This was a gigantic win for Dallas and for Columbus. You've got to continue to improve while you can because your lease is short. Dallas, Jake Ottinger, the goaltender, 29 years old, started for the Dallas Stars, stopped 23 of 26 shots in that game. For the for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Jonas Corposalo started the game, saved 18 of 23 shots. Elvis Merzlinkis came in in relief, stopped 9 of 9 shots for Columbus. But again, not a great game for the Jackets. You figured they'll continue to move forward. John Tortorella is a good coach. Going to try to motivate his team, get them back on track. But right now, just struggling, just trying, again, to find themselves. So we'll see what happens there. Again, a huge, gigantic win for the Dallas Stars out of the Central Division. Those are my two games from the Central that I thought were pretty noticeable. Going to move on now to the Eastern Division. The Boston Bruins, a 5-3 to victory over the Washington Capitals on February 1st. A massive Eastern Conference game here. Washington Capitals seeking... Actually, no, the Boston Bruins seeking to hand Washington their first loss of the season, and they did 5-3, to three, a huge, huge game for the Boston Bruins. And how about this? In that game, Zdeno Chara, his first goal against his former team, his second of the season, also for the Capitals, Daniel Sprong, John Carlson. Those were the three goal scorers for the Capitals. Actually, the Washington Capitals got up to a quick 3-0 start. And after that, it was all Bruins. David Pasternak scored two early, followed by Craig Smith, Brandon Carlo, and Brad Marchand to take a 5-3 to victory over the Washington Capitals. This, again, you talk about stacked divisions. And you can't talk about stacked divisions without talking about the Great East. You can't. 
This is a phenomenal division. The Boston Bruins are a team to watch for. David Pasternak, one of the best players in the entire NHL, an elite goal scorer. Tuka Rask still playing at the top of his game. This is a Boston team you do not want to meet in the playoffs. And Boston is so balanced this year. They have so many weapons, not only on offense, but also defense. Charlie McAvoy, one of the best young defensemen in the entire league. And like I said, Pasternak still going strong. Brad Marchand, Patrick Bergeron, an older team, but a very talented team. A team, again, you don't want to see because of all of that veteran depth. A huge win for the Boston Bruins. Yaroslav Halak, 23 of 26. He made 23 saves on 26 shots for the Washington Capitals. It was number 41. Vidic Vanacek got the start, saved 28 of 32 shots for the Washington Capitals. Not the most ideal game in the world. Boston, though, a gigantic victory. They improve on the season to 6-1-2. and two. The Capitals drop to 6-1-3. and three. Two very evenly matched teams. And again, all of these teams are going to be playing each other a whole lot this year. That is a matchup to continue to watch this season. Two high-powered teams, right? They're, both teams are a little bit older. You look at guys like Alexander Ovechkin, right? Yaroslav Halak, older players. My bad, Halak plays for the Bruins. But Alexander Ovechkin, right? Guys like that, Zidane Chara, older veterans, but really good players still. So watch for that series to be highly, highly competitive as the year continues to go on. Staying in the East once again, Saturday, February 6th, just yesterday actually, like I said, did not get to cover my show yesterday with some scheduling complications. So you know what? It gave me an extra day to watch hockey. I'm not complaining. Yesterday, though, a huge win for the New York Islanders, a 4-3 to victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. They bumped to 4-4-2 and in the season. The Penguins dropped to 5-5-1. and Goals in this game for the New York Islanders. Jordan Eberle had two. Cal Clutterbuck had his first of the season, and Anders Lee had one for the Islanders. For the Penguins, Pierre Oliver-Joseph, his first of the season. Evgeny Malkin and Jake Ginsel were the three goal scorers for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, a massive victory for the New York Islanders, a team we have not talked about that much on the show, or I have not talked about that much on the show. A team, once again, that is really kind of under the pack. You don't hear much about the Islanders, but they're a sneaky team. They got a lot of talent on this roster that's just not being put to use right now, right? I think Matthew Barzell, one of the best young players in the NHL, you look at guys like Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, it's hard to get to their level, but Matthew Barzell has just enough talent, as those guys do, to be an elite player in the NHL. The Islanders, Jordan Eberle, again, another phenomenal player. Kyle Clutterbuck had that goal. Honors Lee. This is a team, Brock Nelson. They're good, but it's once again, like most NHL teams in a weird COVID year, how do you put this team together, right? They didn't have much practice. <clears throat> They're trying to find an identity. How do you put this all together in a short Weird, modified season. I think Barry Trotz is trying to figure that out for his team right now. But again, a huge win, a 4-3 to victory over the division rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins, too, a confusing team so far, 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. They've been really good at times, and they've been really bad at times. Sidney Crosby still playing an elite level along with Evgeny Malkin. Jake Ginsel, a great young player, had one goal and two assists in that game for a total. Actually, no, one goal and one assist for a total of two points, my, my mistake. But this is, a, again, a Pittsburgh team. They're either going to come out really hot or they're going to come out really slow. I thought this was actually a really good balanced game for them overall. Didn't look too great, didn't look too bad, but a huge win, again, for the New York Islanders. 
one they needed so desperately. Tristan Jari got the start for the Pittsburgh Penguins in net, stopped 22 of 26 shots. And for the New York Islanders, Simeon Varlamov stopped 28 of 31 shots for a 4-3 to victory, a massive, massive victory for the New York Islanders, one they need to really get their season going again, 4-4-2 four, four and two in the year, maybe a win that will propel them to a few more wins in the upcoming games. Those are my two games from the Eastern Division. Let's move on over now <clears throat> to the old Western Conference, the actually the Western Division now. Can't call it the conference. Friday, February 5th, a massive, massive 5-4 to four shootout victory. The San Jose Sharks defeating the Anaheim Ducks. A much-needed victory for the San Jose Sharks, sitting at 4-5 and five on the season. Goals in this game for the San Jose Sharks. Matt Nieto had the first of the game. Logan Kachori, Vander Kane, Brent Burns had the other goals for them. And for the Anaheim Ducks, Adam Henrique, Troy Terry, Max Comtois, and Max Comtois actually had two goals in that game. My mistake, he, had, he has five on the season, two in this game. And in the shootout, Ryan Donato and Kevin LeBanc, the two goals for the San Jose Sharks. The Anaheim Ducks failed to score in the shootout, so a 5-4 to four victory for the San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks had not played a game in eight days since this game right here. A huge victory for them. A big momentum builder as well. Again, the Sharks only 4-5. and five. The Western Division, a struggling division in hockey. Right now, it is so wide open besides, I think, the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche, two teams that have really established themselves in the West, two high-flying offensive teams. But the San Jose Sharks trying to figure out how they can catch up to those teams. They have played a significantly less amount of games than most other teams have. I mean, you even look at Anaheim. Anaheim 4-5-3 and three in the season. They've played three more games than the Sharks have, and Anaheim's had two or three games canceled as well. So the Sharks have played a really limited amount of games. So it is crucial for them. With with a sample size smaller than most teams, you've got to start winning games now. And again, this is a San Jose team that can win, but they've struggled this year at times. I think they have plenty of scoring. They have all the guys they need. Again, Patrick Marleau, a great veteran. Evander Kane, an elite player. Ryan Donato, a young, young player. Timo Meyer, Logan Couture. These are guys that can score when they need to. And don't even get me started with their defensive core. Eric Carlson and Brett Burns, two of the best defensemen in the entire league. These are two franchise players on the same roster. And Carlson has significantly underperformed this year so far for the San Jose Sharks. Just three points in ten games played this season. Just not good so far. But again, a Sharks team picked up a giant victory. And this is, again... A team that, are they a playoff team? I don't know. In my opinion, no. I think the Sharks are two or three years away. They have what they, they have the pieces. But I'm not sold on Martin Jones. Martin Jones, the goaltender for the Sharks, stopped 33 of 37 shots. We've seen this story with Martin Jones before. The Sharks have had the key offensive and defensive pieces. They've had Brett Burns and Eric Carlson on their roster forever. And they still have not been able to win. Martin Jones has just been inconsistent. That has been the name of the game for him during his time at San Jose. He's got games where he comes out, makes 44 saves, no goals against, has a, and they're like, oh my gosh, this guy is an elite goaltender. And the next week he comes out and gives up five goals. You don't know what you're getting from Martin Jones right now, and that's the biggest problem with the San Jose Sharks. It's not their offense. It's not their defense. I think goaltending is what's holding them down right now. And if they don't figure that out, 
this will once again be a stagnant team that finishes their season early in the regular season and will not get a postseason bid because, again, it's a great 5-4 victory. But this is a struggling Anaheim team that you struggled with. And you're 4-5. and five. You've got to turn things around. The schedules don't get any easier. Once you get later in the season, these teams start to figure you out. They're more motivated. So for the Sharks, start winning and start winning now. That's the key. Otherwise, once again, it's going to be an early exit in the playoffs. Maybe not even making the playoffs for the San Jose Sharks. Moving on now. The same day, actually. Some really great Western action on that day. The Vegas Golden Knights, the expansion team, a 5-2 victory over the struggling Los Angeles Kings. For the Vegas Golden Knights, the goals Nicholas Haig, Mark Stone, Jonathan Marshall, William Carlson, Cody Glass, and for the Kings, Austin Wagner and Dustin Brown. An offensive explosion for the Vegas Golden Knights. All five goals scored in the first two period. Jonathan Marshall and Mark Stone. How good have those guys been since their time in Vegas, along with William Carlson? This is a team that I remember this very fondly. They came in the league, they had this expansion draft, and their inaugural season went all the way to the Stanley Cup. They lost to Alexander Ovechkin, the Washington Capitals, a great six-game series that led, again, to a Washington Capitals Stanley Cup. But this is a Vegas team. All they've done since entering the league is surprise everybody. Give them a whole lot of credit. They've been dominant. They really have. And once again, they're showing, hey, we don't need the most talented player. We don't need all the big-name guys to be good. We just play well as a team. And that's exactly what they've done. Look, William Carlson is not an elite player in the league. He's a great player. But he's not one of the elites like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon. It's the same thing with Marsha Show. He's not an elite player in the league. He's a great hockey player. He's a smart hockey player. He's a great IQ. But he's not an elite guy like Nathan McKinnon is. He's not. And that's what Vegas is right now. Their identity is they're tough, they're scrappy, but they're really, really good. I think they're the favorites in the West right now besides, you know what, I think, actually, you know what, no. I think Colorado and St. Louis sit atop of the division. I think Vegas right now is third. I think they're still playing at a high level. They will get in the playoffs if they continue to play the way they've been playing. But, man, they have just been good. And for the Kings, they have just been bad this season, sitting at 3-5-2 and two right now. Just a really an abysmal season so far. The scoring not there and the goaltending same. Jonathan Quick has struggled this year so far, was in the game, made six saves on ten shots. Cal Peterson came in for relief. Actually looked really good, 25 saves on 26 shots. And for the Golden Knights, Marc-Andre Fleury still playing at a very, very high level, 27 saves on 29 shots. A huge, huge 5-2 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. A much-needed victory, again, over a struggling Los Angeles team that you're supposed to beat. So Vegas got the job done when they needed to, and they're moving forward one of the best teams in the Western Division. Moving on now, two more games coming from the great north here. On January 31st, the last day of January before we transition into February, a big, big game in the north division. I mean massive. The Edmonton Oilers, an 8-5 to victory over the struggling Ottawa Senators. The goals in this game for the Edmonton Oilers. Actually, get this real quick. Dominic Cahoon for the Edmonton Oilers scored eight seconds 
into this game. Yeah, you, you heard that right. Eight seconds into the game, Edmonton got the scoring going. I think that's the moment we knew this was going to be ugly, and it was. So anyway, Dominic Cahoon, first goal of the game. James, the real deal, Neal, also to go for Edmonton. Tyson Berry, Neal had another one. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, Darnell Nurse, and Kyler Yamamoto. Eight goals. Unbelievable. For the Iowa Senators, Colin White, Brady Kachuk, Drake Batherson, Tim Stutzel, and Austin Watson. Five goals for the Senators, eight for the Edmonton Oilers. A scoring barrage in this game. 13 combined goals in really just an unbelievable game. Now, you might wonder, Garrett, no Leon Dreisaitl? He wasn't in the scoring? No, he was not in the scoring. That's because he was too busy getting ass- making assists. He had six assists in this game. Six points. Not to mention his co-partner, Connor McDavid, with five points. They combined for 11 total points in this game. Look, this dynamic, this duo, is one of the best we've ever seen in the history of the league. They are so good, and they continue to prove why they're two of the best. Now, unlucky for them, Edmonton has failed to build a team around them that can win. So that's the problem, right? I can talk all day about how great this win was. It was a great win, right? 8-5, to five, you'd love to see the goal scoring. Edmonton, though, 5-6 and six in the season. With two of the best players in the league, you would at least expect them to be at least 500, maybe a couple games over 500, but again, they failed to build around McDavid and Dreisaitl. And that's come back to haunt them. They had a couple of guys they picked up this year. They acquired Kyle Turris from the National Predators. He's really underachieved for this year. He, he is, since coming over from Ottawa, Kyle Turris has just been really off. He was off in Nashville. He's off now in Edmonton. He has three points in 13 games. They were looking for him to come in. You know, maybe be a point-per-game kind of guy, maybe just less than a point-per-game. He's nowhere close right now, and that's not what they want. They want production now, and they're not getting it. The only other guy who's really set up this year, once again, is James Neal, a seasoned veteran who has bounced around the league, is proving himself to still be a valuable player for the Edmonton Oilers. But besides that, there's nobody on this roster that scares me like McDavid or Dreisaitl does. Those two guys are scary. But if you find a way to neutralize that first line, they've got nothing else to go to. And that's the problem with Edmonton right now. I think they've got to figure out how do we build around our two best players. And if they do that, they'll be in good shape. But right now, they are not in good shape one bit with that whole scenario with Drysaddle McDavid. For the Flame, or for the Senators, I mean, just, of course, not great goaltending. Matt Murray stopped six of nine shots before being pulled. And into the game for him came Marcus Hog- Hogberg, who stopped, I believe, 23 shots on 26, 12, 17 saves on 22 shots there. So not a great game from either one of those goaltenders. And for the Edmonton Oilers, 33 saves for Stuart Skinner on 38 shots on net. So a fairly good game for him, an 8-6-8 save percent. Not the best in the world, but hey, he got the job done. A gigantic win for the Edmonton Oilers, a one they needed to win over these struggling Ottawa Senators who have just been so bad this year. I mean, uncharacteristically bad. So again, an 8-5 victory, a high-flying scoring affair there. Massive victory and moving forward to the Edmonton Oilers. One more game 
before we hit a quick break and jump back into the action. January 30th, just a day before, the day of my show last week, actually. A massive 2-0 victory for the Calgary Flames. Now, you might you might wonder, Garrett, why would this be a noticeable game? It's only 2-0. It's not like they scored a bunch of goals. This was the first loss of the season for the Montreal Canadiens. That's why. The Calgary Flames came into this game 2-3-1, and struggling this year, like most teams in the league this year. The Canadiens, 5-0-2. They've been dominant. They were first in the league, most points. The Calgary Flames came in and handed it to the Montreal Canadiens. Only two goals scored in this game. Johnny Gaudreau and Michael Backlund for the Calgary Flames. Massive, massive victories. Sorry, massive goals and a massive victory for the Calgary Flames. A team that once again still trying to find themselves like most other are. But Montreal just could not generate any offense in this game. 37 shots on net and give a lot of... Of credit. Jacob Markstrom, a shutout, no goals given up, 37 saves on 37 shots. Dominant, absolutely dominant in this game. Shut down every weapon the Montreal Canadiens have, did not allow them to get even close to scoring a goal. Again, a massive, massive victory for the Calgary Flames, one they needed. Again, the North, a wide open division as well. It's like most of the divisions, wide open. Any team can get in the playoffs at any time. And Calgary, knocking off the Canadians, making, giving them their first regulation loss. Hey, congratulations to the Calgary Flames. Again, Johnny Gaudreau has five this season. He has been dominant. Same thing, Brady Kachuk. These are two guys who are very, very elite offensive players. Actually, Matthew Kachuk, my mistake. His brother Brady plays for the Senators. Matthew Kachuk. And Johnny Gaudreau, two of the most elite players in the league. Okay, I won't say most elite, but two phenomenal players in the league who can play really at a high level when they want. They've struggled a little bit this year, but these are two guys who are phenomenal players. A gigantic victory for the Kyrie Flames, 2-0 over the Montreal Canadiens. Like I said, we're going to hit a quick break before jumping back into the action, and we're going to get into some player previews, some MVPs from last week, all that stuff. So, hey. Stick around right here, KCU.FM. This is Puckin' Around with Pave. We'll be back in just one second. Delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Harvey. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me. 
on our new show, Breakfast of Champions, here on KCLU Sports, KCLU 88.1 FM. Back here, live on KCLU.FM. This is Puckin' Around with Pave, about 9.24 a.m. Central Time, here in Columbia, Missouri. I apologize for the lack of music during the break. I have been battling technical difficulties all morning long, but back to the action with you guys. You know what? Technical difficulties may be happening, but I'm still here. So, hey, we're all good. Back to the action again. This is Puckin' Around with Pave on KCLU.FM. So excited to be with you guys on this beautiful Sunday morning. A big day here in Missouri, as we all know. Not hockey-wise, but the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs. A massive game today, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But this is not a football show. This is a hockey show. And again, back into the action, pucking around with Pave. Just covered some notable games from each division so far from the past week. So now I'm going to switch gears and talk about some noticeable performances from this past week. So I took one player from each division, I picked the most noticeable performance, and then I picked my freak of the week, which is the best player overall from this week. So, from the Central Division, I took Joe Pavelski from the Dallas Stars. Joe Pavelski, really an unbelievable week for him for the Dallas Stars. He had two goals and two assists and a gigantic 6-3 to victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. That performance is what really sparked the offense for Dallas and allowed them to score six goals on that Columbus Blue Jackets team. Without him, they're not winning that game. So Joe Pavelski, my mo- my noticeable performance from the Central Division, two goals, two assists, a massive 6-3 to victory for the Dallas Stars over the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
From the Eastern Division, the Grade 8, Alexander Ovechkin, one goal and one assist, including the game-winning overtime goal over the Boston Bruins, 4-3. to Actually, that victory kept Washington without a regulation loss. They were fighting for it, and they remained unbeaten in regulation because of that victory. Again, Alexander Ovechkin, he's getting older, but he's still playing at a very, very high level. The Great Eight getting my performance of the week from the Eastern Division. From the West, goaltender Ville Husso, the St. Louis Blues goaltender, stopped 25 of 26 shots and picked up his first career victory. So congratulations, Ville Husso, a massive game for him. Again, came in looking for his first career win. What did he do? Oh, he just stopped 25 of 26 shots. No big deal. But congratulations to him, a gigantic performance for him. That was my performance of the week from the West. And finally, from the North, none other than Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. 11 points combined and an 8-5 to victory over the Ottawa Senators. And I want to mention this real quick. I was doing some research last night looking at just how good Dreisaitl and McDavid are. Right now, Leon Dreisaitl is on pace for 106 points. Connor McDavid is on pace for 111. The fact that these two players potentially have the chance to each get over 100 points is phenomenal. It's unheard of. Players struggle to get 100 points in an 84-game season, 82-game season. These guys are on pace for over well over 100 with a 56-game season. I'm telling you, the game of hockey has not seen a dynamic pair like this in a very, very long time. Okay, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, two great players, right? You got Colorado's first line with uh, McKinnon, Landis Cog, Rantanen, great players. But we have not seen a, a pair like this that is this dominant in so long. So give credit to these two guys, phenomenal players. And the best part is they play really well together. You look at the NBA, right? Guys like Russell Westbrook and James Harden struggle to play together. They won't win championships together because they can't play together. Dreisaitl and McDavid can play together. Now, I mentioned this earlier. They failed to build a team around these two, which is the reason they will not be winning a cup anytime soon. But these two guys know how to play together. They can single-handedly win games for Edmonton when they need to. So that was my performance of the week from the North. Not even close. A great game for them. Now, my Freak of the Week. Each week I give the Freak of the Week to the best player that performed this week, whether it's a performance or an overall kind of, you know, point over the last week. And this week, I'm giving it to Alexander Barkoff from the Florida Panthers. A great, great week for him. Seven points over the last four games, including a two-goal performance against the Nashville Predators. Alexander Barkoff. One of the best young talents in the NHL. A guy who is well over a 30-goal scorer when he's playing up to his standards. He is the leader of this Florida Panthers team. The offense runs through Alexander Barkov. It does. And we're seeing that this season so far. Just how dominant he's been and how big of an impact he makes. This guy is going to get a big extension. He is. He is going to be staying in Florida for a long time unless things fall out. So... Alexander Barkov, seven points in four games, earns my freak of the week. I also got to give an honorable mention, though. 37-year-old Jason Spezza 
a in a seven to three victory for the Vancouver Canucks, actually over the Vancouver Canucks, Jason Spezza captured a hat trick. Thirty seven years old, captured a hat trick. Again, a massive seven to three victory over the Vancouver Canucks, and it's a great story. It was so cool to watch. I actually saw the replay on ESPN. Jason Spezza, congratulations, my man. Thirty seven years old, still playing at a very very high level, the Toronto Maple Leafs forward. Again, he's providing them with veteran depth, and now he's providing them with hat tricks. The best of both worlds, a great performance from Jason Spezza. I had to shout him out again. You don't see hat tricks coming from 37-year-olds a lot. Jason Spezza defying the odds. A great performance from him. That's my Freak of the Week and my Players of the Week. Now going to shift gears a little bit, a couple more segments before we end the show and move on. I want to talk about a couple struggling teams and some thriving teams. The struggling teams right now in the NHL, in my opinion, the bottom three, the Ottawa Senators sitting at 2-9-1, the Detroit Red Wings sitting at 2-8-2, and, and the Los Angeles Kings sitting at 3-5-2. All three of these teams have something in common. They can't score. They can't. I have watched countless highlights this season from these three teams. They simply do not know how to put the puck in the back of the net. They don't. And I think the worst of this bunch has to be Detroit. Detroit is a team that just does not seem to be building off of what they have. Each season, it's like, how does this Detroit team get better? But the click is, they don't get better. One of their best players is Tyler Bertuzzi, who's in his 30s now. He's a veteran. He's older. They don't have any real young talent. Dylan Larkin is a good player. He's a fringe starter. He's not the most dominant player in the world. This is a Detroit team that has just been bad in recent years. This is one of the great teams in all of the NHL in terms of history. You remember them playing at Joe Lewis Arena. I mean, just the games, throwing the octopus on the ice for the playoff games. The, the traditions were nuts. There's this long-standing history of dominant Detroit Red Wings hockey, and it's just not there. It's gone. Detroit has just, again, 2-8-2. They've been abysmal this year. So has Ottawa. Ottawa did put up five goals against Edmonton, so credit to them for scoring some goals. But Ottawa, too, just has been awful. Brady Kachuk, in my opinion, is the best player in his age group right now. But once again, it's the same thing as Dreisaitl and McDavid. They have not built a team around him. And because of that, look at where they're sitting. They acquired Matt Murray from the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you guys remember... Matt Murray is a two-time Stanley Cup champion for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I remember him all too well from the series. He knocked out my Nashville Predators. But, again, he won two cups as a starting goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was a young 25-year-old goalie. People thought, man, this guy is the future of the league. He is the next great goaltender. And since joining the Ottawa Senators, he has been anything but that. He has. He has been anything but good. Ottawa is still trying to find an identity, and they don't have it right now. They really, they cleaned house a couple of years ago. Eric Carlson leaving, Kyle Turris leaving, Mike Hoffman leaving. They have really gotten rid of their guys and have resituated this organization. I think this organization is going in the right direction. They're trying to acquire young pieces. I think the acquire of Matt Murray was a good move. It just hasn't panned out well for them. I think they're trying to bring in young talent. They're trying to improve. It's just not there right now. 
And for the Los Angeles Kings, look, they're lucky to win three games. I, I think they're also a dumpster fire. They're too old. They have done nothing to bring in young players. Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, Anze Kopitar, great players in their prime. But they're over 30 in their season, and they're not guys who are going to give you 20, 30 goals consistently every season. you got to have a young player come in and make an impact right away. They don't have that right now. And because of that, again, I am shocked they've won three games thus far this season. This is in my team. I think I think they're going to finish last in the league. I think they, talent-wise, are one of the worst in the league. I know you've got big names like Dowdy, Brown, and Gopitar, but they're old. Jonathan Quickst is the same way. He's faded. One of the best goaltenders we've seen in the NHL in recent years has just faded away. He's gotten older. He won a cup a few years ago. He's just been cold. So I think this is a Los Angeles team that is just struggling severely, still trying to find a way, right? How do we get better if we're Los Angeles? Well, for all three of these teams, get young players. Build around what you have or start over. It never hurts to start over. Rebuild. We see rebuilds all the time. But if something's not working, don't stick with it. Change what you do. And right now, these three teams do not know how to do that. And they will not go, I'm telling you, they will not go anywhere if they don't figure out how do we get the new generation of talent because young players are the future of this league. I love Ovechkin. I love Crosby. They're not the future of the league. It's this young, incoming talent that is the future. So, again, those three teams struggling severely. The teams that are thriving, on the other hand, the Toronto Maple Leafs sitting at 9-2-1, the Boston Bruins sitting at 8-2-1, the Tampa Bay Lightning sitting at 7-1-1, the Colorado Avalanche sitting at 7-3-1, and the Florida Panthers at 6-0-2. The Panthers are the only team without a regulation loss. Once again, they have just been dominant. They have come out of left field this year. We knew they had talent. We knew they'd be pretty good. But this good? A shocking surprise to see the Florida Panthers. And the way they're playing, they have not even played their best hockey yet. And that's what's scary. Right? Barkoff, Huberdeau, Ekblad. Great players. But Bobrovsky has not played up to his standard. Not even close. If he does, and they get this team rolling, oh my goodness. This is a dominant force in the Central Division. A team that will compete with the Tampa Bay Lightning and give them all they can handle. But it's 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 funny. It's the opposite of the teams that are struggling. And this is this is how it goes. The new generation of hockey is not scoring two goals a game to win. The new generation of hockey is scoring four or five goals a game. I mentioned earlier, that's why Nashville's struggling. They're 28th in the league, averaging 2.38 goals a game. Not good enough. These teams, on the other hand, are scoring at an elite level. I think that I think the team in this you know mix that separates himself, once again, has to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Every year, it just seems like they have this unbelievable roster. Everything's perfect. Like, this year, it's the same way. Okay, they score two goals one game. What do they do? Oh, Andre Vasilevsky pitches a shutout. Or the defense gives up one goal. But then one night, Vasilevsky gives a slow game, gives up three goals. Oh, they just score six goals. It just seems like everywhere you look, Tampa Bay is picking from talent all over the ice. And I feel it's the same with all these other teams in terms of goal scoring. These teams are scoring goals at a very high level, and each one of these teams has an elite set of players. Toronto, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, 
Boston, David Posternock, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, Tampa Bay, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, the Florida Panthers, Huberdeau, Barkoff, Ekblad, and the Avalanche, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog. These teams all have that in common, right? They're solid offensively. But they've also built a roster where they're solid defensively, and they're solid in the goaltending factor. I think these teams all around are so good, and that's what makes them so dangerous. Look, there's a reason they're the best in the league right now. There's a reason these two teams, or these four teams, actually five teams, are sitting atop their division and atop the league right now. Toronto, a team to watch for. They, When they get going, they're good. Frederick Anderson, a great goaltender who has been inconsistent at times, has really turned his game on as of recently. But it's the same way around this whole, you look at this whole list. Tuka Rass, you know, Yaroslav Halak has played phenomenal for Boston this year. Andre Vasilevsky, Sergei Bobrovsky, an elite goaltender when he's on, and Philip Grubauer. So this group has been so good. They've really separated themselves from the other teams in the league, in my opinion, just from watching them play. I think you look at there's four potential division winners in this mix right now. It's going to be interesting to watch how do these teams sustain their play. But so far, you've got, if you're a fan of one of these five teams, I know i got a, a few Florida Panthers listeners on here. This is a really, these are good teams. And for the Florida Panthers, look, I love this team. And you guys should be very, very optimistic about this season. Florida Panthers fans have been waiting for a year. They can get really fired up about their team. This is that year. I'm telling you, this is a team that can score. They can defend. And once they get the goaltending really locked in, look out. Trust me. Look out. They're going to be dangerous. But again, I think these five teams give them all credit and a great job so far this year. Those are my five elite teams and also some three teams that are struggling we got about five or ten minutes before we got to wrap up. I actually got to hop on another show in a little bit. But before I do that, we're going to preview a couple games this week that are going to be noticeable. I think most noticeable today. Don't let the Super Bowl overshadow all the great NHL action today. I know you guys are probably laughing at me because the Super Bowl is the big event. But, hey, we got some good hockey, too. So if you want to watch some pregame hockey and then the Super Bowl, you can do it. And today... We have a great game for you guys. The Philadelphia Flyers taking on the Washington Capitals in Washington. James Van Riemsdyk has been phenomenal for the Flyers thus far this year. 16 points leads his team. A veteran, once again, who really has taken a big step with his team, got brought over from the Toronto Maple Leafs, has just been dominant for the Philadelphia Flyers. A huge game today for them. The Flyers sitting at 7-3-2. The Capitals sitting at 6-2-3. This would be a Big win for either one of those teams. Two teams slugging it out in the Eastern Division. So, if you guys are available, try to catch some hockey. Another big game today, in my opinion, one that's crucial. The Florida Panthers taking on the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings have struggled, as I talked about. They've struggled a lot. But I think this is interesting because Florida needs to win this game. This is a game you can't lose. They're 6-0-2. They're still perfect in regulation. This is one of those trap games, right? You talk about these trap games. You look at football. You got a team that's not as good taking on a team that's really good. Are they motivated? This is one of those games. So for Florida, come up and play hard because Detroit, despite them not being great, if you give them a chance, they'll take advantage. So for Florida, win the game, come out, play hot, 
I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch. I do. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. So, again, if you guys have time, go ahead and check that one out. How about this week? On Tuesday, February 9th, the Nashville Predators taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning in Nashville. Of course, the Predators fell twice to the Lightning last week. The Predators actually made two really nice comebacks against the Lightning, but in the end, they just didn't start strong, and that's what killed them. I think this week the key for Nashville starts strong against this electric Tampa Bay Lightning team. And as a Predators fan, if they win one game, that's a win in my book, right? Take one game against the Lightning, build off some sort of momentum, and they need that right now. Philip Forsberg has had a breakout season, 11 points so far for the National Predators, a point-per-game type of player this season. That's going to be a great game between the Lightning and the National Predators. If you have time, go ahead and check that one out from the Western Division. The Anaheim Ducks taking on the Golden Knights the same day. A surprise, Once again, actually not surprising, the Vegas Golden Knights have been so dominant. But a fairly surprising Anaheim Ducks team, 5-5-3. Five, five, and three, Not great by any means, but pretty good. They've been pretty solid this year. I'm not going to lie. The goaltending from John Gibson has been fantastic. The scoring has not quite been there. Once again, another veteran team, as are some other teams in the West. That's a big game to watch for. Those are a few games. If you guys have some time, tune in some NHL hockey. Why not? It never hurts. And I promise you will not regret it. So before we wrap up now, we're going to hit a quick pave in the way with pave here. First game, it's actually I'm going to go back to the Nashville Predators taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. The key for Nashville, right? Take away the elite scoring of the Lightning, right? We know guys, Nikita Kucherov, dominant. Braden Point, dominant. If you're Nashville, you have one of the best defensive cores in the league. Make life difficult in the neutral zone especially. The neutral zone, as you most know, it is between the two blue lines. It's the middle of the ice. Make life difficult for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay all too easily. They, they skate really fast, and they enter the zone very organized. Nashville struggled against that last time, right? They were breaking down in the neutral zone, giving Tampa Bay way too many chances, which really, honestly, it killed UC Soros. So for Nashville, defend the neutral zone well and keep those scores in check. That's how they're going to win this game. Other game here, the second game, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Washington Capitals. For the Flyers, attack, attack, attack. We've seen the way they can score this year. We've seen the way uh, James Van Riemsdyk has really exploded on the scene, 16 points. This is a Capitals team that is still very talented. Braden Holt, he's been playing well. They're a talented team. So, for Philadelphia, the story, attack, attack. This Washington team, Washington with Alexander Ovechkin, if you give them any ounce of light, they'll take advantage. The great eight can do what he does best, score. Sir Philadelphia, put a lot of pressure on Washington. That's how you will win this game, I promise. And the third one, before I up here, taking a look at the games from this week. Arizona Coyotes and St. Louis Blues, Saturday, February 13th, actually the day of my show. I'll cover this one, why not? It's going to be a great game. For for Arizona, weather the storm. St. Louis, another team. They're seven four and one this season, but they have the potential to be elite. They've got a lot of great scores in that roster. Of course, a nice Stanley Cup victory a few years ago. St. Louis is the same way as Philadelphia wants to be. They want to attack you. St. Louis is not that fancy. They don't have all this really cute dancing around passing. They're just going to go straight to the net and shoot the puck. That's all they're going to do. They're going to get guys in front. They're going to screen the goaltender and they're going to put it on net. 
they're going to shoot 30, 40 shots a game, and they're going to put a lot in the net if they have the chance. So for Arizona, weather the storm and turn defense into offense. Arizona is going to have to be almost perfect on defense if they're going to beat this St. Louis team. Again, we know this St. Louis team is very, very good. So for Arizona, contain them well, weather the storm, and turn defense into offense. That's how they're going to win this game. That's how they're going to sneak past a sharp Jordan Bennington and a St. Louis Blues team who is getting hot right now at 7-4-1. That's been paving the way. Again, three games. I gave you some keys to victory for those three teams, or three games, actually. But sadly, that is all the time I have. Actually, I am jumping over to Studio A, KCOU 88.1. Start your Sunday with Harrison Vapnik. If you guys have the chance, at 10 a.m., we'll be breaking down all the latest Super Bowl news, giving you a game preview and some predictions. So, after joining Puck and the Pave, Go ahead and jump on over KCOU 88.1. Listen to me and my co-host Harrison Harrison Vapnik on Start Your Sunday. Thank you all so much for joining me again. I know it was a weird start time this week, Sunday, 9 a.m. We'll be back to normal next week, Saturday at 9 a.m. But again, due to some complications, had to move some time back. Thank you all again for joining me. I know it's early, but hey, you guys are troopers, so thank you. This has been Pucking Around with Pave on KCOU.FM. I'll be back here Saturday, 9 a.m. next week to give you all the latest NHL news once again. Take care. Hope you guys have a great day. This has been Pucking Around with Pave.